some people used to believe that it's a huge firefox that's running through between the fells, and when its tail is hitting the fells, it makes the noise. Wow. We recently asked you, our loyal Rough Guides listeners and readers, what is at the top of your travel bucket list? And the result didn't surprise any of us. It was resoundingly to witness the Northern Lights. So this has been top of my own travel list for some time now. I've spent many a long evening in the North Scottish Highlands, gazing northwards in the hope of catching a flicker in the sky. So for this, my last ever episode of the Rough Guide to Everywhere, I go in search of the Aurora Borealis in Finnish Lapland. The weather destination is uh, left cloudy. Temperature now minus one degrees Celsius. I hope you enjoy the flight and welcome on board again. Thank you. Now, I'm going to be straight with you. I only gave myself 48 hours to catch a glimpse of the Northern Lights. The forecast was cloudy for the duration, so the odds were stacked against me before I'd even left. Big thanks to the Aurora Zone, who organised a trip for me at such late notice. What you can hear there are, it's a pack of husky dogs howling in the inky late evening darkness. I've uh, just landed in Ivalo, which is about as far north as you can fly to in Finland. And we got in, in a shuttle to where we're staying. I'm staying in a place called Nelim, where there are a series of lovely little wood uh, lodges. And I'm quite excited actually because the guy who's looking after us, I'm, I'm part of a, there are various other kind of couples and individuals here on the hunt for the Northern Lights. And our rep just gave us all a burner, like a kind of crap mobile phone, which the theory being that it will buzz with a text message if there is a Northern Lights alert. So short of inserting it into myself, I'm going to keep this phone as close as humanly possible to to my hand. I will run down to the lake where I'm actually standing right now. And yeah, it's really cold here. It's about minus five or minus six degrees right now. And because I'm having to hold my mobile phone with a microphone plugged into it, um, my right hand is in a kind of frozen claw position right now, which I'm worried I might not be able to get it out of for some time. But I'll let you know how that goes. Um, Hugely excited to be here. And hopefully over the next 48 hours, Next time uh, I speak of this mobile phone, it will be because it's vibrating and because I'm skidding down to this lake to witness the Northern Lights. Good morning, I'm off on a wander, um, although it doesn't feel like the morning because 
despite it being 10 a.m., it's still pretty dark. Uh, when I Googled it before I left, I optimistically typed in sunrise time in Nelim, and it just the result was sun doesn't rise. I think we get three or four hours of very faint, murky kind of twilight, half-light, um, which we're currently in. So that means that I actually do have zero chance of catching the northern lights for the next few hours. So I'm going to be going husky sledding over this lake that I was talking about last night, which I'm very excited about. And then later tonight, I'm going to be going on a snowmobile safari, which will probably be my best and only chance of catching a glimpse of the aurora. When we go to downhill braking, sled to slowly when docks. Cool. I saw this, you slow down, and this is, okay, let's go. And if you are something problem, one hand up. Okay. Okay. Got it. Ready? Let's go. Oh, wait. So exciting. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when we go, one one. Uh, dogs is very noisily. Yeah. So humans and huskies have lived alongside each other in harsh northern conditions for thousands and thousands of years. They were originally bred as sledding dogs to help hunter gatherers in Chukchi, Siberia. So pulling sleds is in their blood. And so long as you've checked ahead that you're booking with a responsible operator, mushing huskies is a highlight of any trip to Lapland. After a quick tutorial, we climb onto our two-person sleds. I'm paired up with a woman called Katie, who takes a seat in the creaky sled while I stand on the back, slightly apprehensive that a stranger's life is now in my hands. They're excited to see us. <laughs> then, suddenly, as if someone has flicked a mute button, the huskies fall silent as they start to run in unison, pulling us across a wide lake that will remain frozen until April or May. It does kind of go against all intuition. You know, when you're a kid, you're told not to go and yeah. walk on a lake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Snowmobile washing pass. Hello. Where do you think he's going? How do they meet people? Where, where do you go? I think the bar in our restaurant is their bar. Yeah, that's the local. That's it. Yeah. Oh god, he's about to shit. Oh god. Oh, no. Stop it. He's still going. Okay. Has he stopped? No. Oh god. That was a close one. <laughs> I think if we were going much faster, yeah, that, that, that could have uh, gone really water. wrong. Get your mouth shut. <laughs> when we arrive back a couple of hours later, I hop off the sled and catch up with one of the guys in charge of the pack of huskies. It's a Pyrenean Mastiff. She's amazing. A couple of youngsters, there's so the Pyrenean mountain dogs, about like same caliber of dogs. But they are six and seven months friendly and normally losing here, but when the teams are coming and going, we still have to keep them. There. Okay. How many huskies have you got here? Uh, oh, 95. Wow. With, with these. 
Yeah, little one, five little ones there. Huh. And they must love it. They just love pulling yeah. the sleds, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> How long till those puppies will be pulling sleds? Uh, they are born in uh, end of uh, end of September. They are nine weeks, so end of end of September, yeah. Usually, depending the year, we have snow until some point of May. So then it's June, July, August kind of holiday, just fooling around and playing here. Um, and then in the beginning of September, we start the physical workout. First pulling quad bikes, still the snow, still the snow comes, and then we, we take the sleighs. Yeah, they are in, in mammal world, even if kind of when you do the ride, they're now in a soft condition, it doesn't go so fast. But there is no any other mammal who could actually do the same. And you know, and I just gotta remember that they can keep on doing that for all day. So, and, and, and the day after, and, uh, and the day after that. So that's what makes it special. So they're getting excited by the f they're getting fed now, right? <laughs> stars are actually out. It's the first time we've had a clear sky since we've been here. So, not that I'm getting my hopes up, but if I don't see the Northern Lights, I'm now gonna be completely devastated. Greg, hey, nice, to, nice you. to meet you, how are I you? I saw you earlier in the restaurant. Okay, yeah, yeah. I wasn't just interested in catching a glimpse of the Northern Lights. I also wanted to speak to someone from the indigenous Sami community about the folklore surrounding the aurora. The Sami are an indigenous people who live in the northern parts of Scandinavia, in the high Arctic. Today there are around 140,000 Sami people, living across Norway, Sweden and Finland. So I had a quick chat with Linda Kainanen, a local Sami woman who works in Nelim's only restaurant. Uh, in old times, people used to think that uh, the northern lights come from the water. Somehow, it's a kind of a reflection or something. Okay. And then uh, Skolt Samis believe that um, the northern lights are kind of uh, dead people and dead souls who are in the sky. Wow, okay. So there are different kind of beliefs in, in different areas. And are they things that people still kind of believe today or is it more like kind of folklore? It's it not like not today anymore. But yeah. it's quite funny thought when you think about it. And then women were a bit scared to uh, go without a hat when there were northern lights. They were afraid that the spirits will catch their hair and pull them. Oh wow! With them. <laughs> so. so I haven't actually seen the northern lights yet. I'm hoping to tonight. What? Um, yeah. Can you describe? In case I don't see them, can you describe to me what the northern lights actually look like? It's um it's a moment when it's completely quiet and you can see the stars and the whole sky is green and flashing and moving. Wow. And it's one one of a kind experience. And here we are situated in such a good place that we have a lot of activity and it's like one of the best places in the world to see the northern lights. Wow. Is it am I right to think that now is a particularly good cycle? Like we in, was it like from kind of 2012 to 2017 or something? Yeah, I have heard some people talking about that. Yeah. So. Have you noticed it being better recently? Or? 
I know it has been a bit cloudy for a couple of days, but we had some amazing northern lights like last week. Yeah, so everyone keeps telling me I should have yeah. come last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it uh, always depends on the weather, so... Yeah. But uh, it can be cloudy, and then ten minutes later the sky can be clear. The weather changes so fast in here. Yeah. So you never know when you go outside. That's why you need to keep, keep all the time your eyes on the sky. Yeah. So have you always lived up here? I was born in Ivalo, which okay. is 45 kilometers from here. And what's it like? Because it's really struck me the lack of daylight. So it got light at what, like 10 a.m. this morning or something? Yeah. And then, the, like, well, I guess the sun doesn't even come up at all, does it? Yeah, it's uh, when it gets, you need time to get used to it. It's yeah. uh, like it's only a pale light, blue light during the daytime. But when we pass, uh, December and go towards January it will, it will get better and on the springtime when we have so amazing sunlight in here and then in the summer the sun doesn't set at all yeah. it's the total opposite so I guess it's kind of worth it for having such a good yeah. long summer yeah yeah and in general what is what's life like up here like are there bars or pubs to go to nearby like where would you recommend people go if they're coming to Nelim? Um, here in Nelim, of course, there is nothing else than this hotel, so of course people are always welcome to join us in the restaurant and hotel and have a drink or two. But if you want to go to Ivalo, as an example, which is the nearest place to go, there are a few pubs in there. Okay. How many people even live around here, do you know? It's around maybe a bit less than 200, that's what I've heard. Okay. But that's t total people, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So from your kind of expert local opinion, do you what do you reckon my chances are of catching the Northern Lights tonight? Because I'm, I'm actually off tomorrow. Yeah. I've only got a few hours, really, on this snowmobile safari. Do you think I've got a good chance? I always hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed, all right? Well. Yeah, and toes also. But yeah. And then I remember one more story about the Northern Lights we were asking. There are some people used to believe that it's a huge fire fox that's running through between the fells and when its tail is hitting the fells, it makes the Northern Lights. Wow. <laughs> so that's also one story. It was getting late and my Aurora phone still hadn't buzzed. My best chance was going to be to get out onto a snowmobile to try and find the Northern Lights myself. Uh, have you been already driving a snowmobile before? Nah. Ah, so we have to do everything. So yeah. we can go and pick an helmet. Okay, cool. My guide is a French guy named Anthony. It's just me and him. My hunt for the Northern Lights is now in his hands. Feet here on the holes, yep. made up, handlebar. And for driving a snowmobile, the key is to be relaxed. Okay. Okay, it will never go straight. It will mainly move left, right, and you have to let, let it go. Okay. You know, like... It's, you don't have a full control on the snowmobile, so you just have to get it, and after that you are much more relaxed. I'm actually driving with just two fingers. So if you want to turn on, first you have to pull, and orange button on the left, you press your second, snowmobile on. He teaches me how to drive the snowmobile and leads us deep into the forest to his favorite spot. There's a star up there. And it's pretty cloudy. 
I think we have a little bit of activity, but. So is that way? Is that north up there? No, no, this is the no. south. South, so that's north. north. Yeah. Okay. I will just like start a fire. Yeah. And after we can talk. Nice one. It's a really good place for the northern night. Yeah, it's a nice spot. A little bit uphill, and also if they get stronger, because a lot of camp have just a view on the north. Uh -huh. But here we have a view in every direction. Uh -huh. So if the activity gets stronger, you can easily shoot from every direction. Nice. It's one of my favorite spots. And also we have a really, really nice stream, just like down. Just so you can get like the reflection of the northern light into the water. It's really, really nice. Need a hand, so no, no, yeah. I might be okay. <laughs> Anthony gets down to work, breaking up small bits of wood to create a much needed fire. While he chops, I'm fixated on the sky, still pretty much entirely cloaked with clouds. I begin to accept that my chances of catching the northern lights are beginning to fade. Last time I came here, it was like six years ago now. And uh, I would like to say, for me, just escape a little bit from like the civilization. Yeah. You know, at the start with that. I'm used to walk like everyone, 11 months at here. And I don't know, just start to be gray and just change as people I don't like, you know, be mean and uh, not super happy, mm. complaining. And uh, until, I came to Lapland and discovered the Northern Light, everything, and just went back in France, quit my job, and decided to come and work here. So, and the main reason, it's actually, it came from a book. It's a really strange story, but I've been reading a book about the people who escaped from the Gulag after the Second War, yes. and they are crossing the Baikal Lake in Siberia. Yeah. And when I was like reading this book, I was just like really start to get bored of this job and everything. And I said, oh, let's go to the Baikal. But it's really, really complicated to the Baikal. They don't have like accommodation. It's really, really hard and not easy access. And uh, so I came here for months. I just like took a cabin yeah. and just discovered by myself. So I didn't have like any northern skill, let's say, because I always have like the outside skill, but mm. not like the Nordic skill. And uh, so I came here and just started to walk by myself by night and make fires and uh, discovering the northern light, the lake, and all of, like everything around Lapland, just by myself. And uh, yeah, and after when I came back, it was like, you know, just too much. And I say, okay, guys, I leave you. <laughs> and yeah, and start to come here.
you know, we, I think we have like a lot of things to learn about Lapland. Yeah. And about Finland also in general. But in Lapland, we have this peace. People are not in the hurry. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's a basic life here. Much more simple. And when like when you are like me, when you like to be alone, it's really easy. You take a snowmobile, you do 10 kilometers, and you know the closest guy is gonna be at 10 kilometers. Yeah. And uh, for me, this is really, really healthy. Yeah, no, I agree. At this moment, I would like to say I like people <laughs> in this kind of situation. In Lapland. In Lapland. But if not, in the real life in France, I'm really escaped from people. So. I'm doing like, I don't know, 300 fire at here, so. Wow. Luckily, I can start it quite fast. So how much do you know about the science behind the Northern Lights? What do you mean? Like what exactly causes them? It's like, it's an a eruption from the sun. Yeah. So it sends some plasma in the universe and some of this plasma reach our atmosphere. Making the Northern Light. So we have Northern Light by day, but also by night. Uh -huh. by, by day you can't see them because you have too much like light and they start appear immediately when the night come. Uh -huh. So here the night is at three and a half now, in this time of the year, so you can see them at three and a half. I've been in southern Finland in the start of August, so they don't have the midnight sun. They still have like short night, but they have, and during this 20 minutes of night, I seen the northern light in August. So when you get active, when you get night, you have like chance to see the northern light. Yeah. Yeah, because aren't they most active in February, March? Or is it any time of the yeah, year? Yeah, any time. Yeah. We have like a lot of things on the internet of people saying, oh, it have to be cold for season northern night. It's not true, because anyway, it's a start at 100 kilometers on yeah. the ground. Anyway, it's cold there. <laughs> but it's come from the fact you need like an open sky for see them. And when it's an open sky, it's colder. Mm -hmm. And like people say, oh, it's cold. We see another night. Mm. It can be warm and you're going to see another night. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, because how cold is it right now, do you think? Oh, it's not froth for the moment. So I would like say like minus two, minus three. Yeah. It's quite warm for Lapland. But five, day, five days ago, it was almost minus 30. Wow. It changed really, really fast here. I prepared my safari at seven. It was still minus 30. And we left at eight. It was minus 15. Because I've been walking in other places before and I haven't felt this as here. You know, here it's, a, it's more like freedom. It's a real Lapland. Yeah. And uh, for me, it's make a difference. When you go to Rwanda farm here, it's not like, it's not something made for people. So we just go and visit of people are living right now. And this is a huge, huge difference. Yeah. So, and the guy, the Rwanda owner, it's Sami. Mm -hmm. But he's not dressed as Sami when you receive people. 
because right now in 2017, almost 2018, Sami are not dressed every like every day as a Sami. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's for wedding or this kind of celebration. Yeah. So it just go always, you know, natural. Yeah. And that makes the power of Nelim. Do you remember the first time you saw the Northern Lights? Yeah, uh, so it was my like first time I came here for a month, so like yeah, no, I think like five or six years ago. And uh, actually, if I came here, I explained before, it for like the freedom, you know, and just escape from people. And uh, <laughs> it's gonna sound really like funny, but I, I didn't come for the Northern Lights. I just came for go far from people, and I was outside like walking. I said, like, what is thing it here, you know? And I said, <laughs> I've been Northern Night. I'm in the place of Northern Night because I just booked like that. Yeah. You know, I haven't been checking anything. I just said, ah, let's go like on the north, frozen lake, and just be in peace. And I just got like green stuff in the north and said, oh, <laughs> let's take some picture. And they appeared on my camera. And I got excited. And after I, I, I like uh, learned a little bit more about the Northern Night. But at the start, I was just like a random guy who wanted to live like the citizen life. Yeah. So yeah, we have like three different. We have the quiet one, the one you see from far, not moving so fast, they are like really far on the north. Yeah. After you have like the arctic one, they look like a tail moving. Yeah. But the best one is when you get a crown. So crown, it's kind of a circle over you. And it's a little bit like Star Wars, you know? It's going like in every direction like that. Whoa. Different stripe, different color, but it never stay for like too long. I discovered the happiness of Lapland, the silence, the sound of the silence, mm. and a lot of like really, really good things. Yeah, sounds good. Oui, hello? Oui, c'est qui l'appareil? Non, c'est pas le bon numéro. It's a scam. Yeah, I think so. Scam cooler. Yeah. Even in Lapland, you can't get away from I that I have my French number. <laughs> terrible. Sometimes the bank is calling me. Do you would like to have like the new fun contract? Well, no. <laughs> It'd be pretty funny if you told her the, what you were doing right now. Yeah, yeah, I know. Huh? <laughs> That's true. I'm sorry. I'm watching Northern Night next to prior. <laughs> I don't think she'd believe you. We've got like a light going across the sky. Is that? This is the Northern Lights, yes, Mr. That's the Northern Lights? Yes. Whoa! It's like widening over there. Yeah. Oh, man. Lucky you, because it was cloudy for the last... I know. ...couple of days. So the last I seen was five days ago. Oh, man. 
You see it like moving really slowly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. To be honest, uh, yeah. I'm happy to get anything. <laughs> because there are a little bit like animals of the sky, you know. The same thing going in Africa for like try to see the lions. You know, you don't know if you're gonna see it, but you have to enjoy the hunt. Yeah. Same thing here. So what I'm looking at at the moment is to the north. I mean, it's quite cloudy. Um, but to the north, you can see a kind of a patch of greeny, grey sky and light. And then it's making this arc going across the entire sky all the way to the south. And beneath like a thin layer of cloud, you can see the stars coming out. And the northern lights themselves are moving really slowly, almost imperceptibly. Oh wow, there's like a kind of strip going through it up there now. Yeah, that's our great thing stronger. Yeah. God, they're getting a lot stronger. These are really nice now, huh? It's filling a huge amount of the sky now. This, yeah, I didn't expect anything like this. <gasps> They're so bright. Yeah, yeah, no, they It's incredible. And they are huge, it's a huge band. This is fucking amazing. Oh, wow, they're moving really quickly up there now. Yeah, yeah. Whoa! <laughs> it's kind of like they're dancing through the sky. Uh, if you would like follow me, I will like show you like a really nice spot. <laughs> How long does a burst of activity like this normally last for? It can be all night. Yeah. Or just 20 minutes. Don't touch to your blood in your words. Look at that. Wow. Oh man, yeah, really, nice. really nice. You know, when I booked this trip, people said it was ridiculous, thinking I'd ever be able to see the Northern Lights in 48 hours. You know, like Northern Lights, I, this is, I think if you are positive, yeah. you're gonna see the Northern Lights. But you have to be like positive in your head. If you come and say like, well, you know, I don't know, not sure you're gonna see something. Yeah. It's for me, it's the same as the animals, huh? Yeah. You see the same as the animals? And in one hand, I also say I'm happy we don't have them every night because we have the stars everywhere in the world and nobody goes outside to see them because it's something like really usual. Yeah. And I'm happy the northern lights change intensity someday, no, sometimes yes. So, you know, you get always really excited. Yeah. And believe me, also Finnish and Lapish people when they get really strong acti activity, they also go outside for like, look at them. Yeah, still. <laughs> so guess, guess what's just beeped in my pocket? 
I've just felt it. My uh, Aurora alert. <laughs> uh, I got that song before. <laughs> Inbox. Aurora alarm. <laughs> there you go. And this like is the best. It seemed like oh, what day before. It's oh look, we have some colors there. Oh yeah, nice. Quite bright green. Yeah. It's, I'm doing as actually the same thing I'm doing with the guests, but my, by myself. Yeah. Would you come up here? Oh yes. Yeah. yeah on the same places. I don't have like to open a new spots. Just like a spot you already have. But just alone, so you can know you have the time like not meditate because I'm not like in meditation, but kind of just think a little bit. Yeah. About the future, about the life, a lot of things. What you want to do. For that, I think a lot of people actually are stressed, should come here, mm. you know? But take time, not come like, you know, three or four days. Just come here and take the time to relax. Yeah. Think a little bit of what you want to do, who you are. You have a lot of questions, I would like to say, you know, where we don't have answer. And you don't gonna leave Lapland with answer, but at least you are asking the question. Yeah. So. Because I would like to say I'm like everyone, you know, when I'm in a town, advertise and everything, huh? I want to buy, I want to think, you know, and uh, eh. here you don't have that. If you just want like a McDonald's, you have to do like 500 kilometers, <laughs> you know, so if you want a supermarket, it's 50 kilometers. So. You need the time to find the question, and here I think it's a good place. You are not disturbed by things. Yeah. So I got pretty lucky. I got really lucky, in fact. Once the clouds had fully parted, the northern lights revealed themselves in a display that exceeded anything I'd ever hoped for, about 45 minutes in total. At one point, looking northwards where the activity was at its strongest, for just an instant, the lights created this kind of giant archway in the sky, a gateway into another universe. A moment later, there were celestial curtains drawing open and shut. In this moment, I could understand why the Sami have so many folkloric tales and superstitions surrounding the aurora. They're quite simply beyond all logic. And it was a pleasure to witness the lights alongside someone like Anthony. He has such a clear perspective on life, and like so many of the guests I've interviewed over this series, like Dervla Murphy, Alistair Humphreys, Chris Tompkins, he's identified what makes him happy and what gives him purpose in life and has made a few simple life decisions that mean he is now doing exactly what he loves. Now, as I mentioned earlier, this is my last ever episode of The Rough Guide to Everywhere. It's been such an incredible project and I really couldn't have done it without the help and support of my brilliant producer, Alana Chance, and my unflappable assistant producer, Katie Callan, plus Georgina D and Keith Drew from Rough Guides, who have been supportive and helpful from the very start. No doubt there'll be loads of exciting new projects going on at Rough Guides after I've left, so keep in touch with us and follow us on Twitter and Instagram and check out roughguides.com to see what's coming up next. And a huge thank you once again to the Aurora Zone who supported my trip. I'm genuinely already looking into going back with my girlfriend. Their itinerary is so classy, so authentic, and it ultimately led to me seeing the Northern Lights. 
Their trips are normally longer than 48 hours, so go on theaurorazone.com to find out more. So that's it. If you're interested in getting in touch or finding out what I'm up to next, you can follow me on Twitter at Greg underscore Dickinson or on Instagram at Travelographs. And as it's my last episode, I won't bother hounding you for subscriptions or ratings as you've heard all of that before, but rather say thank you so much for listening to The Rough Guide to Everywhere and happy travels. Happy travels.